Who wouldn't want to marry a rock star? That's what Petra told herself when she agreed to fly from Minsk to Los Angeles, a mail-order bride to the lead singer of Bluebeard, one of the most popular American rock bands of the 20th century. The question really was, why would a rock star want to marry her? She asked herself that question a hundred times a day as she wandered around his big house. Their house, he insisted whenever she slipped and said it aloud, touching the framed platinum albums on the walls, the priceless artwork, the expensive upholstery on chair frames made sometime during the Renaissance. For a heavy metal goth rocker, her husband Blue had exquisite taste. The house was a stunning, ostentatious symbol of Blue's wealth. He had promised her the world, and he had given it to her. She wanted for nothing. There was no material thing he couldn't or wouldn't provide for his new bride. She only had to barely mention some whim or fancy, and it was presented as a gift. Her little pug dog, Mealy, had been placed at the foot of her bed in a white satin box tied with a thick red velvet ribbon when she had wistfully talked about the dog she'd left behind. Mealy followed her through the maze of hallways, already far better acclimated to the twists and turns than she was. But both dog and mistress knew their way to the kitchen, where Petra was headed in her white silk nightdress, too hungry to get dressed before breakfast. Besides, she liked getting there before Mrs. Rebia, the cook. She preferred making her own meal to being waited on, even if Blue chastised her for it. Yatesa, Mealy? she asked the little pug, pulling a carton of eggs out of the double-wide refrigerator. She still spoke Russian when no one else was around, mostly because she still thought in Russian, and the words she spoke out loud to herself were just her thoughts anyway. She had eggs in the pan and bacon on to fry and was just pouring herself coffee, chattering to her dog in Russian, teasing him about the pink bow the groomer had tied on his collar when Blue came into the kitchen, startling them both. The pug ran for cover under the leather bar stools along the counter. He was afraid of Blue. Everyone was. The man was formidable, six foot three and built like a tank. The broad expanse of his shoulders impressive even when he was wearing a suit and tie like he was today. His dark eyes missed nothing as he glanced at a trembling mealy huddled under the bar stool to Petra, standing just as knock-kneed at the stove, spatula in hand, her mouth suddenly gone dry. Blue frowned at them both. Good morning, Pet. Morning, Petra managed as he strode toward her, bending to give her a brief, chaste kiss on the cheek. He had never shaved off his signature beard, although he kept it trimmed close these days, and had long since stopped dyeing it bright blue. It tickled. Breakfast for you? Can't, he apologized, opening the fridge and taking out a quart of orange juice. Have to catch my flight. She'd forgotten, or maybe she'd just pushed it out of her mind. Even if they often spent their days alone, Blue in his study or up in his music room, Petra wandering the house and grounds, investing a great deal of time in the indoor pool, she'd grown used to his presence. They always came together to meet for dinner, taking up just one end of the expansive formal dining table, even if their nights were separated by a long, cold hallway. Besides, you shouldn't be cooking. Blue frowned again as he tried a friendly overture toward the dog hiding under the stool. It growled and cringed backward. Blue took a long swig of orange juice. I am liking feeling... Petra searched for the English word, turning back to the stove, flipping her eggs over easy. I am liking feeling useful. You are useful. He put the juice on the counter, coming up behind her, sweeping her long hair aside so he could kiss her neck. You're my wife. She stiffened, her breath shallow in her throat. Am I? I have the piece of paper to prove it. His fingers brushed over her skin, oh so briefly, before he moved away, reaching for the juice so he could put it back. You're mine. His words made her knees go weak, 
She wanted to turn and put her arms around him, kiss those full, soft lips that she hadn't felt touch her own since their wedding day. But she knew better. If I'm yours, then claim me. Her heart beat faster at the thought. She struggled to put what she was feeling into words he might hear and accept. I wish for you not to go, she confessed wistfully, sliding the eggs onto a plate and using tongs to put the bacon, nice and limp, beside them. Mealy whined from his hiding place, his attention focused on her food. I have to. He stepped back, clearing his throat. It's business. She didn't know much about his business, except that he wasn't a rock star anymore. He did some endorsement work and received royalties, of course. But he had hinted at other ventures that kept him busy. She imagined this was one of those. I'll be back tomorrow morning. Blue paused in the kitchen doorway, his gaze sweeping over her, making her blush all the way down to the pink-painted toes peeking out from under her silk bridal nightgown. She'd worn it the first night of her marriage waiting anxiously for him to come down.